Welcome to Get Set, an old girls entertainment podcast where we talk set life and stories as three women in the TV and film industry. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> you can leave the sound effects to me. Okay. <laughs> yes, I so, will. So, <laughs> as you may have guessed, today our guest is someone you are very, very familiar with. Unless this is episode one for you, then welcome and please go back to all the others. <laughs> um, but it is the one, the only, Jessica Payne. Bow, 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 bow. That was the better sound effect. <laughs> You're right. As we've mentioned, Jessica is an award-winning writer and director. And as we discussed in a previous episode, she received her bachelor's degree in cinema and English literature. English? <laughs> English. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, we filmed another, we filmed, we recorded another episode before this, so uh, you're going to take this one, I'm a little tongue-tied, but um, in a degree in cinema and English literature, which I mean, perfect for a writing person, um, and she hit the ground running before she moved to LA, and it, in LA, she just, I mean, she's just taking off. So, Jess, Thanks. welcome to my podcast called Thank Get you. Set. Um, Thank you, what a lovely room we're in. I know. It's Jessica's room. <laughs> Jess, just, this is a long answer, but let's get right into it. Why writing? Why directing? Why yeah. all of Why not? And that's the end of our podcast and thank episode. You. Thank Good you night. so much for listening. No advice, no experience. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Um, yeah. Well, I guess, okay, so let me first start off. I, I want to start with like my schooling experience because I think that's when it started. Mm-hmm. Going out of high school, I was like, I just want to be in the film industry. I know I want to do that. I thought originally acting because I was like, oh my Huge God, shock this to me. Stars. I had no idea when you told me this. I know, but I, it's, listen, I love actors so much. Yeah, you're definitely an actor's director. Yeah, yes. I think that they're awesome. I think that they just make the shit real. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. It's just really for fun. me. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a room with an actor, so I got to type hyper up. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah, I just, I just always wanted to be an actor. I was like, this looks like so much fun. You know what it was? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say so Mary Kate Ashley. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So I don't know. This is okay. This is the nerd in me coming out. You ready? So Lord of the Rings, the making of, they like made all the movies in like one go. And I think it was like, it was a year or something that they filmed like straight all of them. Oh, I did not so know this. So I was like so obsessed with all this like behind the scene footage because they all got really close, you know, because yeah. they're all like filming stuff like away from their families and like doing their on this like big adventure with this, these epic movies. And like they're all so funny and like hilarious and just cracking jokes. And you see all this behind the scenes stuff like of these actors, right? And I was like, oh my God, that sounds like so much fun. It looks so cool. So anyways, I was like acting, that's where it is. Well, mm-hmm. I got in a community college and I realized very quickly that I'm not an actor I feel like how so (laughs) oh how so oh don't you worry I will tell you no I feel like I can act really well when I'm like by myself in my room and like our best work yeah your best work is the one that no one sees same thing with like singing in the shower I sound fucking phenomenal but as soon as they're like you're Adele in the shower I can belt in the car by myself amazing no but then whenever they're like Sing, sing to me, Pablo. <laughs> I'm like that quiet girl in Pitch Perfect that like can't. A little mousy. Like, yeah, like I, I'm like I can't. I freeze. I'm just I'm. You're just a beatboxer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. I just am in the wrong genre. Um, no, but yeah, I just I freeze up or I just don't. I don't know. It just doesn't translate. There's something in my mm. body that just like stops. Which I'm sure maybe if I were like really really tried, I could get over. But 
I don't know. I think what it was that I like the reason I was like, oh, this is so cool. And like I tried stuff in college, like theater type performances where I was like part of the ensemble. Again, loved it because I loved like hanging out with all the crazy people. And like it was like you, you like being a part of a team. Yes, it was so fun. But I knew that I was like, oh, I'm not an actor. I don't like memorizing lines. I don't actually like, like Step performing. One. Yeah. I, was like, I don't like memorizing the yeah, lines. Yeah. I'm not. That ain't it for me. Um, and yet you're a writer. You love making the lines. Yeah. I'll make, I'll give you really hard words to say. Like, I just found out that that wasn't for me. I continue to do cinema courses. Um, I did a handful of a little bit of everything. The first thing that clicked to me in community college was editing which is interesting. I didn't think I was like, oh, in post-production, really? But I just understood. And I, it's interesting too. I think I, I sat in a classroom where you had to learn about editing and splicing things together and like what actually worked together and what didn't. And you could just see like the people who understood that, understood how to put pieces together and make a puzzle out of this, like make a picture out of the puzzle and the people who really didn't. And I was like, oh, I'm for sure on the side of the ones that like understand, I don't know how to splice things together to make it a cohesive story. Mm. I kind of just kept going um, in community college. I was actually there for a hot minute, financial reasons and everything. And while I was there, like kind of, you know, waiting out my time, I, I started doing more and more English courses as well. Cause I was like, oh, I like this. This is also storytelling. This is like a cool medium. I love like the written word. And so I just kept studying that again to keep me in school, keep me busy. And, you know, I was taking so many cinema courses and I had my GE, everything was cool. Um, to me, when you said that you had, you know, English literature as well, I'm like, oh, that totally tracks. That totally it's just, fits. It's so you funny because I, yeah, I was like, I actually really held off calling myself a writer for a very long time. Mm. Even when I went up to San Francisco State, again, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I want to, I'll edit makes sense. But I've had, I had some professors, I was like, well, maybe I should try like directing. I wonder what that would be like. And then I was like, nah, but I had like professors who was like, who were like, well, why would you not do that? Let's do it. You know, they kind of like, didn't let me shy away from it, which was really cool. And that was your time to branch out and do a bunch of different things and see what worked. And yeah. So that's perfect. Yeah. And so, and the thing is, is like in film school, at least the film school that I went to, like everyone wants to direct and everyone wants to write and everyone, not even necessarily write, but everyone wants to direct, right? Sure. Like everyone wants that, like their the control. Yeah. And their, their time in the sunshine or whatever, you mm. know, there's time in the light. Cause there is a certain amount of, especially like if you think about writer directors or directors for films and stuff, there's definitely like a prestige or like a sure. vision or whatever. So yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, let me direct. I'll try it. And I was like, I, a lot of times in film school, I mean, you had to write your content to be able to direct. Um, you needed something to direct. Yeah. So if you can't find it, you got to make it up. Yeah. So yeah. I would write some stuff. I mean, I wasn't necessarily great at it, but I was trying whatever. And I obviously understood storytelling in some aspect um, with the English literature side of things. Yeah. I just kept studying. And even whenever I graduated from, you know, it was during the pandemic, I graduated in spring 2020. May 2020, baby. Um, in the so thick of it. In the thick of it when things were like still shut down um, or just shutting down really. I was like, okay, well, I need stuff to direct. I know that. I know no matter what, we've always been told like, okay, so even when you're working on this one project, the minute you finish it, people are going to be like, okay, what are you doing next? So you always have to have that thing behind you. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not working on anything right now 
in terms of directing. So let me at least get a handful of things behind me and I'll just write as much as I can. So at least I'll have like kind of a An backlog awesome. yeah. yeah, of things that I'm like, okay, well, this one's done. Now I'll do this next thing. So I did that. I wrote Chapters, which is the short film that we met on. And won Best Producing, by the and way. And Best directing, directing as well. We won, oh, we Best Directing! Both. Yeah, Woo! we won both that, on that um, festival. I, had, I wrote that. I also then wrote a pilot because I was like, well, let's just keep going. Let's just keep writing. Cause, I mean, and what did else. that pilot win? Oh, that one Best in its category with a one-hour pilot unproduced pilot at um rain dance rain dance like sundance but for rain <laughs> for the english because it's yeah it's in london there. <laughs> yeah so yeah i was like wait a minute after that i was like oh, okay wait do i have a, a thing like am i a writer that's literally whenever i i was like oh i think i'm a writer was when i got an award which is probably not way, like, oh. you know predict it but i feel like that way i've gotten that feedback a from a lot of writers like yeah because yeah, it's like okay i can put fingers to a keyboard or i can put pen to paper but this what qualifies me as a writer because actors have the same thing like what qualifies me for an actor and i've just gotten the feedback like fuck it it doesn't matter like what you want or what you've done if you are actively pursuing that mm -hmm. you are that yeah, totally. I, I agree. I think it was just one of those things of like, and it's just so funny because everyone, when I was like studying film and English lit, everyone was like, oh, so you want to write screenplays? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? I just like both these things. Like I just had enough credits. Everyone else you. saw it, but you were like, no. Literally, <laughs> everyone else saw it. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just find a direct over here. I also oh think gosh, that part of funny. it is like another advice I got was like, try to hone in what you like, what direction you want to go into the industry. Cause if you're like, I want to write direct at it, everyone's like, okay. When they have an opportunity that it like arises, it's like, okay, I don't even, they want to do everything. Do they want to do anything? You know what I mean? Or it's are like they good those, at any of those things? Yeah. Or are they just, their what their net is cast too wide. Right. Not saying you can't do it all, but when, if you want to be top of mind for someone, you want to be an expert in that field. Yeah. Exactly. Which I think, like, I understand that. I, I kind of was like pushed back on it. I was like, ugh, ick, that feels icky. Cause it's like, how are you marketable? And I'm like, ew, I'm a person, leave me alone. But yes. I do understand just, it's, it's just a, literally a matter of like top of mind. Like, okay, mm -hmm. what, what can I think of you as? Or like when a job comes around, can I bring you on because you want to do this or because you're good at this? Or Not whatever. that you're trying yeah. everything out, which is fine. And there's a time and a place for it. But when people are yeah, relying on you or putting their money where their mouth is or yeah, they're, they they want to go with someone who is already established in their field kind of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of why and how is. So why did you, I mean, controversial question. Mm -hmm. Is there one you like more or are they just go writing or directing? I like them both for different, different reasons. reasons. Good. Good, good answer. Different. Good answer. No, but I think that directing is so on set and working with the actors and you working with your dp and seeing like the vision of the script or the vision you have in mind like being made into something better than you even thought of you know like because yeah. everyone else's talents are like put on there also like writing i like like the headspace like the you kind of get into like this like zone with it but i also think and i think that's why like the validation of an award was like what kind of threw me in is like oh okay people like this this is good because there's no way like when people read it by themselves i mean it's nice because like screenplays at least like 
they're meant to be performed or whatever. They're meant to be put and visually seen and like shown somewhere else. But but someone saw the merit of your script. It jumped out at them from the page instead of just being right. something flat. Even though it wasn't, it's not created yet. Yeah. It's your, your work, your text was able to speak for itself. Right. Exactly. And I think too, like, it's one of those, you just don't know, you know, people can read it and be like, this is good. And then just like go on with it. But you don't like see, like, mm. it's like, you know, when you're watching a film and like, if you're in a room with other people and you hear someone laugh, it's like, yes. The same thing with <gasps> yes. like, you know, if they're supposed to laugh, I guess. I like, <laughs> you immediately walk into frame and they start laughing. Yeah. Oh, like, oh. Okay. yikes. Interesting feedback. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, you know, when we did like our chapters premiere and like everyone was around and like people like, you know, what, I mean, there's just something about that, about that, yeah. that performance being like shared with people and you don't, you don't know until, you know, you know, until <laughs> you actually are. Well, and you room. and I are similar in the fact that we're, we're like perfectionists and like it, mm-hmm. if the question of like, is it this script ever done? Mm-hmm. Is this performance really as good as I thought it was? Or is it, or it, what is this good at all? And yeah. then, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's good to have, it's good to have feedback. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and I think too, what's so interesting, it's funny with chapters. Like, I mean, this is like my big, our big one. That I've like it should be so a drinking far. game. Every time we say chapters, you take a, take a drink, drink of water. water. Yeah. <laughs> because we need to stay, stay hydrated. hydrated. Um, You'll yeah, be thoroughly no. hydrated by this whole season one. <laughs> but it's funny because watching it and like there's so many mistakes but then I'm like oh but I'm so proud of like what we did at that oh, moment yeah. in time yeah and you just it's something tangible versus like it's like a performance versus like just writing on a page you know mm-hmm. being it so like individual mm-hmm. how do you decide what to write how, I mean that first I know you you set out time to write every day and that's great and you mm-hmm. block out that time do you use prompts do you pick up and at what point do you go back to something that I, cause I know you're working on a couple of things right now. So mm-hmm. at what point do you go back to those things and then maybe you need a break and then do you just start up something completely new? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about inspiration first. Yeah. Like where that starts. Interestingly enough. It is me. I am the inspiration. It is the muse. <laughs> it is. I am the muse. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it is, I find it, if you're looking for inspiration, you'll find it. Mm, that's what I open the universe will provide yeah I mean thinking about my thesis film I was like I need to write something for a thesis film because I was like I knew I was going to be in this thesis class and I just had to bring out an idea and I was like what do I do what do I do like thinking and I was walking down a hall one day and I was like oh what if this was like a runway and so I ended up like (laughs) yeah I think a lot of us have that feeling (laughs) right but I was like okay and then what is that okay if that's like an idea like okay it's a hall no it's a runway what what was what did that what would that be and I'm like oh maybe this girl's like delusional and and like kind of like thinks about her life in like these ways and then she ends up like kind of like not schizophrenic I guess but kind of like something like you know not I don't know like dreams of her in herself in different ways and so what I did is I ended up being like having like kind of like a Don Quixote like remake for modern day and it was called reality check but it was like involving like social media it was like really poorly done because it was like my first one ever I like I still like the idea I think it's like fucking awesome but um it was (laughs) it just wasn't like you know it was a student film so um but it's like not student films but it's a learning experience it is a learning experience I still think like I said I still think it's really a cool idea and I want more from it but like it was like such a big idea for 
having to do it. Like, yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, you're a daydreamer. Yeah. And you well, run with those daydreams. That was, that was my first. I was like, okay, I just need this. And then for chapters, I was getting together with some girls from, from school like, virtually. And we were just like trying to check in with each other like every two weeks. We were trying to write. So we were like, okay, what do I find? Let me find something to write. And I was like literally like looking back at like – I was just looking through my notebook of different like quotes that I had, different like lines that I thought were like interesting or like just, you know, things that I like had written down quickly. It was like basically my, my little idea journal. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay – stuck in this pandemic. I can't go anywhere and do anything. So let me think about like, okay. What can I film in one location? Not even, I wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't even thinking about filming it. I was thinking about, I don't know, like how can I process like life and like write about life whenever I'm stuck in this one spot. And so then chapters came out of that and it was literally just like, you know, about this girl who's kind of like struggling with writing and like thinking about her. I was very meta. I was like, oh wait, Okay, so this was, like, basically me. But, yeah, thinking about past traumas and the good times and the bad times and all of that. And then, you know, whatever. And then came chapters. But, yeah, that's basically what what that was. It was kind of like a magical realism, whatever. And it was just, again, like, me just going through the process. And then did that. Still, the next couple weeks, I had to come back with more. And I was doing, like, at that point, I was bringing – using, like, Pinterest prompts. It was, like, Pinterest prompts. It was, like, 31 days for Halloween or horror film, whatever. And I was That's just like, cool. yeah. And so I was just writing every day, like, you know, with, from like a prompt that was like, whatever, like some of it was like, you're in a town that's of Halloween and like this scary thing happens. I was like, okay. So I'm like, uh, and just writing it, whatever. And then one time this one stuck where it was, it just said your parents' estate. That was the prompt. And then popped Whoa. out like the character of Katie, who's like this like elite you know, socialite or whatever, and then came River and Crows, which I did this whole pilot from. And it's got – and, of course, I was also – From a in, Halloween prompt on Pinterest. Yeah, which, by the way, a rain has, dance award-winning script. Yeah, and it was – it's not horror or anything no, like that. No, but it just gets like the a juices flowing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was just this character that literally popped out that was, like, this kind of, like, bitchy, like, <laughs> just, like, entitled, like – fuck you. Yeah. I killed my parents. And like, and yeah, like that's kind of like her personality or whatever. So, and then I was uh, out doing a film in the middle of Bombay beach and I was like, this is crazy. Like I was a PA on it and I was like, it was fucking in the middle of summer. I was so hot. I went back to a Starbucks like on the weekend cause we were all like stationed out there, like, you know, booked wow. out there for two weeks. I went to a Starbucks, which was like two hours away. Cause we were like, that's like you're like I need the Wi-Fi. Yeah, and I need that's AC. That's literally what it was. And the coffee. And I had just finished the edit on chapters with like you know oh Charles's like little like poetic you know like that little montagey thing that yes. we have. And I was like thinking about the desert, and then that's how which we have. Do you remember? It's gonna come out at some point. But that's like the project that I'm working on now. Was like that. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so I know you kept I... saying Bombay Beach when, when we were talking about the mood board for this. And you're like, Bombay Beach, Bombay, Bombay Beach, Bombay Beach. Yeah, I've heard of Bombay Beach. <laughs> Have you heard of it? Um, but yeah, so it's basically by the Bal- uh, Salton Sea. It's like this awful town that's like dried up and like washed up and like this little like desert. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like but, Joshua like, Tree, but for filmmakers. <laughs> but for <laughs> It's like a deserted town. Like yeah, apparently cool. Bombay Beach like used to be thriving. And then like. It's kind of crazy. And then the Salton Sea, like, turned rancid because, yeah, you don't know about this. I don't know about any of this. So, like, apparently, I think it was, like, I feel like that kid. Is this California history? Yeah. Like, it used to be, like, because it's a man-made 
lake, I think. And they had like, I don't know, it was like this hop and spot. Like my parents were like, yeah, it used to be like a place where you would go. And there's actually like this billboard there that's still there. Like this, like, you know, white lady on a jet ski, like being like, woohoo, like very California. 50s, and there's California no water vibes. there now. No, there's water there. Oh, there is. But okay. it reeks because there's so many dead fish in there because there was a runoff from like farmlands that had a bunch of pesticides and it just like killed the entire <sighs> sea. So now you like can't go in it. If you step in it barefoot, like you're, you get fish bones in your feet. Like it's oh. like, yeah, no, it's disgusting. So it smells really bad. But anyway, so this town, because of that, it, no one decided to clean it. I mean, it's there and there's like art exhibits. Like they have a lot of stuff from like, um, fire. What is it called? The fire festival or whatever. What's no. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that one like desert festival. Yeah, really, clearly we're really with the in sculptures. It. Yeah, exactly. So they have a lot of stuff like Listen, that. We're there. millennials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Anyways, so that's like just being in that atmosphere. Then finishing the edit. Do you remember came up and like my own life processes? But that's basically <laughs> inspiration. Is like All you're looking you. for inspiration, so then you find it. Be it via like prompts, walking down the hallway you know, back at old journals, but you just have these tools that you just like go back and go through and pick up. And, and if you, I mean, that's, I think it's good to know too, because if you feel confined to your space, like, let's say like, Oh, I, you know, I'm not, I can't spend a lot of money right now. So I'm staying inside. I'm just in my room. I don't have cable. Like, where am I going to find inspiration? Oh, well I have these twinkle lights hanging up in my room what if i don't know like yeah like just basically going wherever your mind takes you and like people have said like oh yeah like i'll watch a movie and like i see a side character and i'd be like that's an interesting story like what if i told you know a story from that person's perspective Mm -hmm. you know and so they'll use that like or a character from a book you're reading or a magazine or totally line the witch in the wardrobe like make a whole world out of your wardrobe yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you find inspiration like when you need it basically Mm. is what it is but you have to keep your eyes open and like i said like with chapters i was i had an idea book that i had just written down things or like process was like you know processing things or whatever and so i just like i had that and then what came of reading back different things and different I don't know, sentences that I thought of like while I was like, that was going to be, yeah, that was going to be my next question for people who are, you know, trying to find more structure in their process. Do you keep journals? Do you keep, you know, just the notes app on your iPhone? Like, what do you write down? Like if there's a line that strikes you, do you just write it down? And then, because a lot of times I use my notes on my phone and I like never go back to it. So do you have a system? Um, yes and no. I have my notes app because sometimes it's just the easiest. A lot of times I actually think of a lot of things while I'm driving, which is Uh not a good thing. But I think that's like whenever I can like, I'm like, I'm just like sitting there. I'm just thinking. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to like pull over and like write something down real quick or whatever. So you can do like, you know, your voice notes, you can do your iPhone notes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Your notes app. That That is what it's called. Notes app. I was also always taught, like, have just, like, a small, teeny, tiny notebook, like, the size of your hand, like, a teeny, tiny one, um, and a pen always around, and then you can just write stuff. I like that the best, like, having something like that. Like, I like paper, like, something tangible, because then you can kind of, like, use it, like, later. You can go back to it. You can actually, like, physically flip through things, and versus, like, digital space is so confined. It's just, like, it's sometimes it's hard to process that, I think. But, um, yeah, you just have to find what works for you, but... I kind of dabble in all of it. And then mm. once again, when I'm like looking for inspiration or whatever, then that's whenever I like 
go through it. Or like I'm working on a feature that I'm like, okay, I'm like still writing it. I'm still going through it. And I'm like, oh, this would be a cool thing. And I'll put it in my notes app. It'll make sure to title, like, do you remember? And then I'll mm. put my idea. So that way I can like see like, oh, that's you can like. categorize it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, these are just a couple lines. Or yeah. This is for a scene. Or... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So basically try all the things. Try it digitally. Try a little notepad yeah. and see what works for you. Yeah. I think all of that stresses me out because, <laughs> uh, just a side note. Well, yeah. because I, I'm someone that, uh, I don't know. I've always, I kept a journal when I was younger and I want to keep a journal, but at the same time I want things to be organized. <laughs> I have my own personal journal as well that I like just work through shit in. Yeah. Because that's just my own like well, therapeutic also, thing. Again, it just keeps you writing. Yeah, exactly. But and I just talk about my day. But then if I like ever I think also what's interesting is back in the day when I didn't have a therapist and I actually was like not very good about talking about like my emotions. I held like a lot of stuff in. Mm-hmm. When I would have like panic attacks or like when I would have like really like where I just like needed to get it out. I actually, that's the only thing that got me through it. I would walk, write like six pages at a time and I would go through it. And I'm like, I actually have never like looked back on those journals. Cause I'm like, I know that those are like a dark time. <sighs> yeah, exactly. But that was like the only way I could get things out. However, and sometimes I still have those, those times. A lot of times like today I was like, I'm so thankful for da, 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 like very Monique. cheesy. Yeah, She's of. coming over. We got waffles. Yeah. It's been a great day. No, but I mean, a lot of like right now it's very cheesy type stuff, whatever. But sometimes I'll just be like, you know, life is crazy da, 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 and I'll like work through something. And if I feel like it's like that actually could turn into something I do, I may want to revisit this just because it's like an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. I'll tab it. And just like, <gasps> that's what I was going to, yes. Yeah. Tab or highlight or. I don't even necessarily highlight it. Because if I, I would, I would. Well, I don't highlight it. I just tab it because if it's important, then I can like see on this notebook, like with it just being closed, that there is stuff that I could revisit and like possibly make something out of it. Love it. Yeah. Because if it's highlight, then you are flipping through the pages. I don't necessarily, like I said, like a lot of times there's some dark times in the past. So like I don't don't necessarily want to look through all of this again. Yeah. Yeah. Switching gears to directing, how do you break down a script? Oh, this is like so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean this is just such a big question I'm just asking you such broad questions but this is important like this is I mean and everyone has a different process and I feel like the more that at least for me the more that you get input from other people you could take this per- this from this person and this from that person and form your own process that really you know works for you so yes so I've actually never directed something that I've not written mm. in some capacity, like from script, like right so now you directing, know it inside and out. You're directing it, but you know it inside and out because you wrote it. Yeah. And I think I write like a director. I think that's part of it as oh, well. What do you mean? I feel like a lot of like writers, I mean, go ahead and, you know, definitely read your own stuff. But I feel like sometimes with writers, you know, I mean, you write your action and you write your sound and those are the things that you write. And sometimes I'll write like, and like, maybe you'll do a little bit of writing of like character action or something. Like if it's like something to push the story forward, but typically you'll leave like certain actors movements for on the day, Mm -hmm. just so that way it's like the director has like something to block and you're not having to follow script for script. Right. Or word for word. They have some creative freedom instead of like her right hand moves to the glass and then picks it up at a 90 degree angle. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) yeah, but I I think I write a little bit more directory 
um, because I th- I'm thinking about that and what it looks about. like as mm-hmm. you're writing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and specifically actions because I think that actions with with characters, I mean, and, and it depends. I mean, with Rivers and Crows, which is actually the first time that I wrote something without thinking of directing it in mind. I wasn't as like strict with that, but I think that the language, body language of actors, and obviously is part of telling the story. It's interesting too, though. You have to kind of have a different like mindset as well, like when you're writing and versus directing. Because when you're directing, you then like have to find solutions for things that are on the page that doesn't like can't happen. Meaning like chapters to get that drink out. Yeah, make There's sure your water's handy. Yeah, no, but there was a moment, um, I think I said like <laughs> I think I was like I wrote like, oh, and then so and so disappears like dust or something, like fades into dust into the air. Well, it was came time to film that. And then I realized like through talking to some people, they were like, yeah, if you turn a person into like particles of dust, like basically do like an end game shit, like that's mm-hmm. like millions of dollars for like post-production, like no, animation. Gonna scene, he's going to run out of the scene and I'm going to throw sand in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And so you're like, oh, okay, well, how do I do this? I'm like, okay, we'll just do like a crossfade out. Like we'll just hit a plate up and do it was a crossfade. perfect the way that you did it. It was, yeah. and, and, and in the moment it felt great and seeing it back, it felt great. It really felt Thanks. like he was, oh yeah. Like a figment of my it, I feel like it was, yeah, I feel like it was better because it was like, it felt more memory is. 100 or whatever versus like okay what's happening here but um but there's different you have to come up with different solutions like that like creatively and like like because of how you're going to film it and then yeah. also like okay so yeah we have her like sitting it's written that she's sitting at this counter but we actually don't have a counter that's like with something that she can sit at because it's like with our location so maybe we can get her like a table to sit at or maybe she's just standing or what, you know what I mean? Like whatever, you know, like, yeah, you have to work with like the location and the camera, like what's going to look best. And then the actors, but breaking down a script, you're really going to look at a couple different things. Like in terms of, are you going to need background actors for atmosphere? Is it like, where is this place taking place? Um, you want to go through and look, look at like the emotional parts of a scene. Um, why characters are doing certain things what's the point of the scene like why are we even meeting at a coffee shop what's going on but yeah, why can't we meet anywhere else why does it have to be this location and that's the thing it's like sometimes it really is just at a coffee shop like, yeah that's fine it but is, is there a better? cup of coffee yeah but is there a better place or or whatever you know like is there a place that tells the story more is there a character that could be at that place that could yeah. And what type of coffee shop? Is it a right. Starbucks? Is it a small? Yeah. Or is it another coffee shop, a mom and pop owned coffee shop? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Is it run down? Is it Ooh. brand spanking new? <gasps> yeah. You're going to think about all those types of like settings and everything. You to... Is it a diner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Or a cafe or whatever. We're just yeah. giving you writing prompts now. See, this is what we're doing. Well, even directing prompts. Like, you know, it may say, like, in the mm. script, a coffee shop. And it's like, okay, but what kind of coffee shop? Like, where are they? Like, is this a New York City coffee shop? Or is this, like, you know, an Alaskan coffee shop? I don't know if there's a difference, but maybe there is. Like, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Like, a small-time Alaskan. And, like, why do we need, you know? Yeah, so. there's a very big difference between an L.A. brewery and a Colorado brewery. Like there is like a difference in, 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 even though if the stage directions just say interior bedroom day, Mm -hmm. 
like what kind of bedroom what is their theme is their theme is it organized not organized well and I think as a director you're no longer just thinking about like you're thinking about what's on the page but then you get to decide depending which we'll actually get into this a little bit but you get to decide the look in terms of with your dp like how you're gonna film it meaning maybe this is a black and white film but why is it a black and white film you know that's Mm -hmm. not going to be in the script per se and then it's something creatively that's worked out ahead of time yeah yeah you want to talk with your dp about it because that that will make it light different because like even in our reels that we did with hannah's Mm -hmm. It we did a weekend of a bunch of different real scenes. We did about six different real scenes and we for did, us and our friends. Yeah. And we did one that was black and white. And yeah. it was for a very specific reason. It was supposed to be like noir, like yeah. vibe. Well, and by the way, I guess I should say that because I directed all those and some of those were not my scripts. I was gonna say that. We've you're done right. multiple scenes that you've directed. Okay, you're right. Okay, that, that weren't <laughs> written by you. Yeah. I I just like I guess I wasn't like I mean they were scenes, right? Versus like full on. I mean they were kind of more like short films, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were like three to five minutes yeah scenes. yeah yeah but yeah it was like a noir-esque so you light that differently so mm-hmm. it was funny while we were like lighting it and we were like this is like kind of shit like looking but then whenever we saw it with the let on in like the monitor it was like oh that looks sick because you have like high I think it's called high key I should be looking this up low key it's yeah. called high key yeah but I mean it's it's um very stark lighting Mm. where if you know normally it would be a different color and then same with like costuming we had to be like okay so hannah is wearing this like deep pink dress she was like should i wear this deep pink dress or this like lighter colored cream colored dress or whatever i was like no do the deep pink because it's black and white it's black and white it's gonna have like a different contrast from like her skin tone versus the other one's just gonna be yeah it would like not it would look so, like her skin tone. So you have to think about all those, like, that's, like, when you look into costuming and, like, all of that, like, your hair and makeup, like, okay, you know, should Hannah be wearing sunglasses because she's hungover in that scene? The answer was yes. Like, it added, like, more to her character or whatever. Oh, so, totally. That character was fully fleshed out. Yeah, it was super fun. But, yeah, so you're just thinking about all the different all the different things. You're thinking about, like, what you can see and then also what you can hear, but that sometimes comes more into post, post-production post and everything. But you have to still think of it ahead of time because if you're getting, like, B-roll of something, which is just getting, like, just the picture, not necessarily, not necessarily not the action, necessarily. The um, well, no, I mean, action, like, it can be, you know, B-roll of someone pouring glass into something or or yeah right but not like the words in the scene and that right 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 you have to know while you're in production like oh well maybe i will want the sound for this so maybe we should get sound for this b-roll versus like (laughs) no sound on someone pouring a cup of coffee yeah i mean (laughs) i mean and that can work like maybe that there's supposed to be music over it and it's not that big of a deal and like a voiceover or whatever then whatever that's always good to have the sound just in case you can make the different you know that choice later yeah exactly and i mean if you have all the budget in the world i'm sure you can fully it but it's just like that much more of an expense when you could have just grabbed it on the day But yeah, so you're kind of planning ahead of time. You're making sure all your bases are covered with all the different departments. And I think that's why I loved directing is because you are in cahoots with all the different departments. In cahoots. In cahoots with all the different departments. Yeah, I fully think that directing and same with DPing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's about actors too, but I feel, I don't know. I I feel even more so with directing and and being a cinematographer that it is a calling because... I do believe you have to have an eye for this stuff. Mm-hmm. You could teach people things, but if like, 
I know a lot about the acting side of things and the performing side of things. And I can see it because I took directing for theater. So I could see it more so with staging theater mm -hmm. productions. But in terms of framing a shot or even, you know, seeing a picture when I read a script, I don't see the picture. Yeah. I see the actors or I, you know, feel the emotions, but I don't see, I, I don't see the image at all. And you yeah. and Carlos talk about that all the time. Our friend yeah. Carlos, that, who's a cinematographer and director that we... He has his own episode. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh yeah, I read it. And then I'm automatically thinking about the shot list and I'm thinking about how it's going to look. And I'm like, how do you see this magic in your brain? It's so funny. I was listening to something the other day and they were like, yeah, there's like, you can see, like, they were like, sometimes people like actually like envision, like, I guess there's people who read stuff and like can't envision things in their mind. Like, like they don't, I can see it eyes, when I read, when I read a book, I guess. Yeah. But I think a script to me is so open-ended and mm -hmm. can go so many different ways and when i'm doing a script breakdown well that's because you have to kind of create it that's the I point know. of the creating is like yeah. okay so what it, let's talk about like colors here what are the colors because different colors evoke different things totally. right and then also on top of that like you do have to think about right so there's the actor's performance like let's say someone's being broken up with right like monique's getting broken up with the poor thing yeah. um poor thing but you want to like be like okay so how are we going to shoot this so that way we feel for monique i mean obviously she's going to go ahead and act her little ass off with like being a sympathetic character but if we want to feel for Monique, we're going to want to try and like maybe make her look a little bit small, like as if this is happening to her and like she's mm. just like really sad. And so the way you're going to film it is maybe just a little bit where she's just like below the actual the other character or whatever. Um, just so she again, she looks a little bit small. She's kind of like looking up and like looks like, quote unquote, the weaker of the two. Mm -hmm. Or maybe this person's breaking up with her, but she's kind of man manipulative. Well, if you film her or we're looking up at you, then you kind of are like you don't feel for her as bad because this other person is like getting, you know, rid of this. Like I'm breaking up with you. It's my empowered moment or whatever, mm -hmm. or not necessarily empowered moment, but maybe like, maybe they're tentative about it. Or Based something. on how you feel it just visually, you can automatically make the audience feel things Yeah. before, you yeah. Know, but before even getting to the scene. And if you really want to get like, it's like how personal do you want to get it? Like, is this kind of just an everyday occurrence? Well, maybe what you're doing and maybe do you want to show that like the rest of the world is just kind of going on with their lives? Like maybe you are actually filming this from outside the cafe and we just hear what's going on and you know, you're, you're through a window or whatever, or do you want to be really close up and emotional, like with like their eyes, like where you kind of see like the tears, like starting to form and you know, how do you want to portray this scene? This is an, a very interesting exercise, and I've been doing it as an actor, is mm -hmm. watching when a show goes from a wide establishing shot to a, a medium shot to a close-up mm -hmm. to a, like a real or, or over the shoulder to yeah. a real close close-up. Uh, because this I do see mm -hmm. as an actor reading the script I need to be able to know where the close-up moments are because yeah. in my self-tapes and in my auditions absolutely bare minimum those are the moments that i have to nail mm -hmm. and so as i'm reading through a script i can see like oh this is my close-up moment it's right here and so i think that's you know interesting homework for anyone to go through and see oh why did the editor 
and director probably choose to shoot it this way mm -hmm. and then we go to here and then wait we go back out to here and then we go into the close-up you know yeah. that that is fascinating yeah well and I think that's like also I will say the reason I wanted to talk about like starting with I thought I was going to go into the edit because I just understood it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Whenever I direct, I'm thinking about the edit. Mm. You always have to think about the edit because that's what people are going to see. That's what people are going to see. But also like if things don't cut well together, which sometimes it can be if the reason it's really interesting. I watched, I used to go to like these conferences about all from all the editors, like um, that got nominated for Oscars that, that year, they would hold it like the day or two before. Cool. I think it was through their union, but as like a student and we got like free access to it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's super cool. But I think it was called like Invisible Art, Visible Artist. Invisible Art, Visible Artist. Yeah. Okay. Because when you're watching the edit or when you're watching a film, a lot of times I will tell them, I used to tell my parents, I was like, oh yeah, this is a, this is a cut. This is a cut. When you mm. cut to different like um, a wide, a medium, a close up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's a cut. Someone made the choice to show that at that point in time. They're like, oh, I didn't even notice it. And it's like, that's the point. The edit is supposed to help you. Or I mean, sometimes there's like an edit, like an editorial choice. Like if you ever watch like the big short, I fucking love that, yeah. that film. Like it's fucking wild with its edit. And there's so many pictures. It's, it's insane. But, but it's that's intentional. Yeah. That's the point is to, to see all the different things happening. Right. It's like, and to see the art, like combining together but yeah it's you're not supposed to see the edit like it should just flow and you should just be able to like you know forget that you're watching a film and a bunch of different frames cut together yeah yeah you have to think about if if something doesn't cut well together meaning it goes from like a wide to an extreme close-up and that feels or if you cross the 180 line which is we'll <laughs> look it up the 180 line in film like crossing the 180 line it like basically screws it up. It makes it join like, our Patreon group and you'll get all our glossary terms. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it'll screw up like the edit, like essentially, like you will see that there's a cut. You will see something's off. The room doesn't look quite right anymore. Where the eye line, the eye, where exactly. the eye lines are, the where, eye lines, yeah. where the actors are looking, if they're looking off to the left and then, I, don't, I can't explain it. Like, yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, I know what you're talking it's about. It's hard not to like, If they're looking to the left, but the person picture. in the wide is over to their right, like, it's like, who are they talking to? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to think about all that. That's yeah. something that you, on the day, you have to think about. I don't know what the original question was in terms of directing. Uh, no, I, the original question was, which you answered, like, well, it was more of like a comment that I think this is a calling because you visually... Mm -hmm have mm -hmm. to be able to see things and but then you also started getting into the technique of like okay well this is how you can see things and there's definitely training for it 100 yeah. percent yeah um it's de you know it's a different mindset than the what thing, i have i think too what's interesting is i did not originally think of myself as director like i'm still learning and as a director you may not have to be quote unquote an expert in everything like I'm not going to be able to go in and act it myself. I'm not going to go be able to go in and like personally DP it myself personally, but I have to be able to speak everyone's language to yeah. be able to communicate what I need. And that is very, or what I envision it to be. Mm -hmm. That's one of, I, I love working with you. Like I said, you are a actor's director because from the beginning, like initially meeting you, that was always a goal of yours is I need to be able to talk to actors mm -hmm. because then I, that helps me do my job. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, to me, you've already been able to talk to <laughs> DPs and cinematographers and actors, but I mean, like that's always been something of yours that, you know, 
you are someone who is constantly learning and growing and taking in new information, learning how to disseminate that information to all of all of the different departments. Yeah. And um, it's really funny. Okay, back to my cheer days. <laughs> I used to be a flyer and then I grew to be a tall person. Um, <laughs> and so I got, I stopped flying. I was like, a, they would always put me as like the back spot. Those of you who don't know, they, they would always put me as like the back spot, but I was like, I'm gonna be base because a lot of times, like if you got really good, you Ooh, could just have base. like two, two bases. And like you don't two, need a back person. And you don't necessarily need a back spot. So I was like, no, I want to be, of more value and so I want a base and so it's interesting though because I've literally done all those spots and my mom would always be like no that's like and I would be like I don't know I was like yeah it's kind of cool and she was like well no it's good that you actually it's actually very good that you did that because you know what each person on that team needs Mm -hmm. and like what how to be helpful I was like you're right (laughs) mom you're right just in life moms are always right um (laughs) but no, I was like, actually, yeah, you're right. That's like a, a strength of mine is like, I know what it feels like to be a flyer and like where the support needs to be and how to be a good base because of that. And I know how to, you know, be a good back spot and where the bases need me and the flyer needs. And, and, you know, so it's, it's one of those things again, where it's like, okay. And I mean, it's any team sport, right? Like even working, again, working at a restaurant job, I was a server, I was a bartender. I was, there's a reason why you have to move up from a host to a busser to a, yeah. to a, a server. Yeah. Because you need to understand the process yep. that as a host, you can't sit people five tables at once yep. like, or whatever. It and is. with being a PA now as well, I'm like able to know, like I understand like the AD department as well and like sure. the planning of everything. And so now I understand. And as a producer, we understand like, because the good thing is like being like all the different things, being the writer, the director and editor, uh, AD, a PA, a producer, like we know like so many different things of like, yeah, what production will need. It's such a cringy thing to say, like paying your dues. Yeah. But instead of thinking about it that way, think about it as from every perspective and from every level learning as much as you can. So when you're at the level that you want to be at, you have a full knowledge and understanding of this world. Yeah, I agree. And I think it just makes stronger filmmakers. And more sympathetic that you, you, you know what your crew members, go, your crew person's going through. Yeah. Like, you know, you know what an eight hour day feels for a gaffer and what it feels like for a PA. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, these people rigging things and setting things up and taking them down, like that is physical labor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Totally. Yes. <laughs> yes. Completely. Um, yeah, I also want to talk about what's interesting is right now I'm, I'm directing quote unquote small time stuff, right? Like it's very much short films. Like that's kind of, and we have a feature, but it's on, yeah, it's an independently funded feature. Yeah. And it's, it's currently unproduced. Like we're still working on it, you know, pre-production and pre-production. Yes. But well, technically in development, but yes, (laughs) in development slash pre-production but i will say like with being a pa i've been a pa on a feature film i've been a pa on multiple television series and then some commercials as well Mm -hmm. it's funny the difference of the the role of a director on Mm -hmm. each of those different Mm. projects yeah i would say the role of a director for a commercial the role of a guest director on a series and the role of a director on a feature film who entirely different entirely yes there's in terms of creative control right you yes i mean you're still like quote unquote you know the vision right it's still your quote unquote vision 
However, if you're doing it for a commercial, you are working very closely with quote unquote the client oh, or, yes. you know, whatever, like if Home Depot's, you know, they're going to have their look and, or if like Disney's doing a commercial or if Lowe's, <laughs> Home Depot and Lowe's, whatever. we got to hand it, sponsor all of us, please, please. <laughs> all of you guys sponsor us, please. Um, but you know, they're going to have their own certain look and their own like like if, you know, you're on a Lowe's commercial and you are like, everything needs to be orange. Maybe not a good thing because no, everything Depot, needs to be blue. Home Depot is orange. Well, and even just yeah. being an actor, I, the last commercial that I did, they were, it was a, you know, we did the wide and they would send them, you know, immediately the scenes and it was fine and it was fine and it was fine. And then we got to my close up and my direction got very specific. And because he was on the phone mm -hmm. with a client who was watching it in real time. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I'm going to give you this note. Okay, great. Then he'd go on the phone with the client. Okay, what about this note? We'd do it. Then he'd be on the phone with the client. Okay. All right. How about this note? And yeah. it was draining. Yeah. And it was the difference. And the differences were so small. And so, I mean, as an actor, you have to redirect and take mm -hmm. what they're giving you. He was a fabulous director because he took the note of the client, changed it into actor speak and like yeah. gave me a scenario or gave me an emotion or gave me a feeling and said, okay, well, what if you were looking over here and then this happened and yeah. then I'd act it and just changing on the spot. But which I bet he, you anything on the, the client was probably like, oh, she's like too sad. Can we make her like not as sad? And then he would have to be like, okay, so or I know your puppy just died, but like you didn't know the puppy that well. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like just change it a little bit in that direction mm -hmm. or something. You're not you know? Sarah McLaughlin. They, you, don't, you don't go up to an actor and say, be less sad. Like that's not what you do. Cause no. and that's another thing with directing like that I was learned. And it was actually like, a really good example is if someone's like, okay, yeah, she's quirky. It's like, okay, how do I interpret quirky? Because that can mean so that could ways. be like new so girl many different quirky. People. That could be like she stands on her head every time she has to get out of bed, or like, <laughs> you know what I mean, or like whatever, you know what I mean. Or it could be just like she just has like a little like zane, like just like has a little twitch or something. I don't know. Like it could be, <laughs> I don't know. Like it can be so many different things. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be tangible with that. Like you can't just be like, be more happy. What do you mean? Like I just got proposed happy or I'm like got a new or I job. Or found a quarter on the floor. Or a yeah. Penny on the floor. Yeah. Those are kind of different. So like, different. Happies. Yeah. So yeah. But he was taking notes. I mean, they, the client let us run with it how we wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then he was getting, we got like 20 different notes from the client to do it multiple different ways. So he was getting his direct, yeah, you know, incentives for, I mean, direct, you know, his directives from, yeah. from the client and having to, you know, spin it. Yeah. I would say it's a lot more supervised. And then yes. as a director on a TV show right. as well, I mean, certain TV shows do diff different things now. And as well as like, especially I think with streaming and like, I've heard British television also is like, they typically keep the same director on for mm -hmm. the whole series. I mean, depending. But a lot of, like, series that are, like, 21 episodes or something. They bring in a lot of guests. They're bringing directors. a director and a new director each week. The crew stays the same, mm. but the director comes in each week. The writers actually have a lot more weight because they're the c consistent each week. They're the ones that are, like, 
okay, like we know the story the best. We know the projection of the story that Mm -hmm. needs to happen. So we want to make sure like anytime there's like, anytime there's like a change in this, in the script or or a change in the line delivery or something, we want to make sure that it's not going to fuck up like what's to come in the next season. Yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, even thinking about like, oh, maybe there's like a will they, will they, won't they, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if the director's like downplaying it as like, oh, no, they, they won't they. <laughs> they won't they. <laughs> they won't they. But they really need that to be a will they sort mm. of situation at that point. Like, because that's like, you know, they're, they're, that's the point to like play. Then Does the director the direct- get a the briefing writer. other than just the script? Do they get a briefing from the writer's room about things like that, scenarios like so that? So I know that they for? have a couple different meetings. I know I've heard, at least on the ones that I've been on that do change directors, they have like a tone meeting, a meeting Mm. all about going through the script and looking at the tone and the beat points of like what they want. Um, And then they have a writer on set as well. And with comedy as well, they'll have a lot of like alts, like alternate lines Oh, um, so if this doesn't work, then we have these three that are already approved by the writer's room that we could throw in. Three or ten? Ten! Yeah. There'll be a lot of alts, depending on the, like, yeah, a lot that okay. I've worked on. Where it's like, okay, try it this way. It's like, okay, try it, you know, s- try this line instead. And they're usually just, like, the one-liner ones, you know? But there's, like, a bunch of alts. Hey, how's it going? Bye. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. All different things, but kind of have a completely different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So, and different punchlines and everything. So yeah, there's like, they're the, they're the rulers are the writers. The rulers. Yeah. They're like, that's the- why you wanted to be a writer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. No. And then, but with feature films, and I think that, that this is where like the prestige comes in with feature films. I mean, with the Oscar, I mean, I think part of it is like the Oscars is like, oh, it's the Oscars. But that's like where you have the directors that they are brought on with a script. I mean, there's always the producers in in mind, right? Like if you're going on to a Pixar film and you're the director of the Pixar film, like... You got a lot of people to answer to. Yeah, exactly. They're still like, Pixar is a very big company. Disney is a very big company. You still have to like... But if it's like independent or like A24, I know they tend to have a little bit more leeway with their directors. You actually get to kind of rewrite things a little bit on the day you have this script that you're working with and as far as I'm aware there's not doesn't necessarily have to be a writer there you can just kind of do what you want and go with it how you want how you interpret it based on exactly your previous meetings with the producers the writers and mm-hmm. they kind of trust you to not to say that in the other realms they don't trust you but you get a little bit more leeway when you are the director of a feature film well I think also you have the entire content that should be just yes. on its own. Mm-hmm. Again, Marvel, if you're doing Marvel, that's like a whole, that's a series. Whatever well, beats because like <laughs> they could series. change one line yeah. and it could be a setup for something five years in the making. <laughs> exactly. Like straight up. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you're doing like, you know, the <laughs> the B movie, not even necessarily B movies, but you know what I mean? Like the movie that's just like singular for start now, at to least. finish and yes. that's that. You have like the start to finish, like what? what it is with this, the complete story. Yes. And so you have, you're able to make decisions based and have, not have it fuck up a timeline years yeah. down the line and be able to wholly put your vision into it. Right. It's so funny. <laughs> Every time I'm watching something Marvel or Mandalorian or anything with my husband, mm-hmm. he's like, Ooh, 
that was a really big reveal. <laughs> He's like, this person is going to come back or blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay. Okay. It seemed yeah. like a normal scene to me. And he's like, no, that's huge. <laughs> Cause that's he like read all the comics and did all, you know, yeah. It was a lot about that world, but it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. I think the bigger you get, the more people you have over you. And mm-hmm. I, and I'm sure too, like meaning like the bigger production do you get on the more people you have over you like that you have to like, you know, Please, um, please, yeah, and adhere or to run you. things by, yeah, exactly. But I think also the bigger you get, I'm sure like Steven Spielberg may not have to like really bow down to all the people. I'm sure or that there's a little bit his choice is a little bit less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe he does have to like. Listen when to you're at him. Steven Spielberg's position, you can let us know. Yeah, you know what, Steven Spielberg, uh, write us and let us know. <laughs> yeah, just uh, email us at. Get set podcast at gmail.com and we'd love to take your input. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But that's like the directing world at hand. And as far as writing the writing world, like professionally, I've heard, which I don't know, I haven't worked so much in the writing aspect, like professionally. And by that professionally, you just mean for a big production. Yeah. Getting paid a for multi-million my work production. As a, yeah. As a writer. But I've, what I've heard is, like, with feature films, like, you can write something and try to get it sold to a production company, and then they'll take it and then have someone, like, rewrite it for you. Like, yeah. And then they can't, like, get the writing credit? I'm not sure. I can't remember. But I remember, like, my professor being, like, yeah, it's freaking wild. Like, sometimes they'll just, like, rewrite the whole thing. Like, they'll take the idea, and they'll get, like, I think you can get contracted where it's, like, you get, like, two tries to rewrite it or something like that and then if they don't like it then they'll bring someone else in to like and rewrite it again i don't even know what the credit would be like i I can't remember exactly but it's pretty wild or sometimes they'll just buy it off of you and then they get to just like you have have the rights to it yeah and then i mean i don't know how it is with like creating pilots or anything like that like (laughs) because rivers and crows is still unproduced unless anyone wants to buy it please hit me up um, I think but, it will. You've gotten such good feedback from people high up in the industry. So yeah, hopefully one day we'll see. But I know that there's like, you have to have like a Bible with that and everything, which is like Bible. a whole, yeah, show Bible, which is like, we'll get into that. We'll go through maybe next season. We'll go through a show Bible and a pitch, a pitch deck. Yeah. Yeah. What's definitely. in a pitch deck. But essentially it's basically like what's to come in the further seasons. Cause they want to know like, okay, so Definitely yeah, you have season this, one like, and possibly season two, maybe even season three. Yeah. Yeah. But they basically are like, okay, so cool. You have this and like, you have this like and cool what? start to a story, but do you have a plan for it? So they want to basically like make sure that they're buying. They want it to be that... sustaining. They want it to be a success. They yeah. want to make money on it. Yeah, exactly. And then like when you're writing stuff, like on a show, it's a bit more collaborative. Like when you're staffed on as a writer, I know that there's like a lot of collaboration and they talk the season through and you kind of go through the showrunner and like, that's the person running things. And yeah, that's as far as I know, like with the the big guns of writing. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot. Any advice you want to give to someone just starting out in writing and directing? We can give like a comment to writing, comment to directing. I mean, I would say for both. Okay. You have to do it. I knew you were going to say that. I know. I This is such a Jessica comment. It's such a Jessica comment. No, but I... Because people say they want to do it. And my advice is, you know what? You got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do I sound like that? No. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Um, but I remember you said this 
like last For week when we met. Yeah. Last week, yeah. But you do, yeah. Just you take it. This is a Jessica thing. Well, <laughs> I said that my thesis project was awful, but I learned so much for from. And it. I'm sure it wasn't awful. It's just you. You know, you your threshold has moved. Every <laughs> time your threshold. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. Terrible. But, but once it was you, like my yeah. But once you score a touchdown, the goalpost is going to move. Right. You don't, you're not going to stay there. And then you get I, to look back and, you know, see it. Yeah. I mean, there's still things I think are really cool and I'm really proud of. And I'm like, yeah, that turned out amazing of each project. But, but I, I think, wasn't in it. So yeah, that, that, was, that the was the main problem. <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry. That was the problem. But you're just going to start off bad no matter what. And that's what they always say. Like, oh gosh, like, you know, you're first, it's same with like, even just writing, like, first drafts they always say that right it's like mm-hmm. if you start your first draft is going to be awful because it is it's just you're just getting it out you're trying to figure things out and when you write it's all about like revision you know like yes you don't just like throw down the perfect poem or the perfect short story or script or like feature or whatever like it has to be revised like i mean if nothing else grammatically i'm sure there's a few yeah. spellings in there you revise but, an email you gotta revise a script yeah exactly and then and i mean with directing it's hard to revise unless you're doing like research reshoots, but that's like, and I mean, there's different phases, right? There's like the pre-production, the production and post-production. And that's why they're always like, well, we'll fix it in post. It's like, yeah. I don't know, that can be very expensive and also sometimes not even doable. There's no way to like quote unquote revise it unless you just go in and like redo the whole thing. And no one does that unless you have lots of money and you're mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and want to reshoot the entire Top Gun too. Whatever. Oh my you gosh, no that. way. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. So, I mean, as a director, you don't really get to revise, you know, you get, and so your revision is by doing projects and learning from certain and getting your craft to a good level. So that like on the spot in the moment you make smart judgment calls and you're learning, you're reading the books, you're, you know, I don't know, listening to online classes, by the way, I'm starting a Sundance class. Um, did you, I've been wanting to take one. I've been wanting to take their producing class. Yeah. I'm doing one of their self-paced like writing classes. Cause I, I don't oh. know when we're going back for the next season, but, um, I think it starts on sometime in April. Yeah. So I'll do a little review of it maybe for our Patreons. Like what I thought of the class, if it was worth it. Cause it's expensive. It's like 300 bucks. Oh, the producing one's like five. Yeah. Cause I think that's in person or not in person, but at least like scheduled classes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're still, you want to keep I mean, even like the master classes, I don't know if you've heard of the master class. Uh-huh. So I took some because it was like free during the pandemic for yeah. like CSUs. So I did like that free year of it. And I, I watched like some directing ones and some writing ones, like the, all the ones that I like had time for because there's a lot. But I mean, just learning about that. Yeah. There's people on YouTube who talk about writing and directing like YouTube University. Yep go to YouTube university, go to masterclass, do Sundance, read all the books, the save the cat. There's directing actors. Oh my gosh. Wait, save the cat is, I mean, whoever you are, like as an actor, director, writer, I love save the cat. Yeah. Love it. We're going to link it in the show notes and you can, um, get it on our Amazon list. Yeah. Also I will, cause I have to shout out my professor, Julian Hoxter. Um, he has some books out on screenwriting and I'm like, i Love. I mean, I loved his class. They were his classes. Yeah, they are. Um, and they were his. I mean, I read it because he. It's funny. He wrote it whenever I graduated. Like it was like published when I graduated. Mm -hmm. So he was like, "Hey, 
will you read this? And you like, don't have to buy it, but can you read it? You? Yeah, exactly. And so I read it and I was like, oh, the, this was what I paid like 3000 a semester for. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay. And yeah. Like, so even if, yeah, even yeah. if you're not I mean, able you don't get the one-on-one -on -one teacher time, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're not able to afford, you know, school at the moment, or if that's not your jam, like definitely, I mean, Save the Cat is such an easy read in my opinion, mm -hmm. because yeah. there's examples in there. There's not a lot of words per page. It's a really short, like hundred or 120 page book. It's, yeah. you know, it's super fun and short and yeah. Totally and what sense. I will say too is like, yeah, finances are really big. Writing is free. That's writing is thing. free. Do, do the writing, study story, read books, watch movies, watch your movies stuff, and study then, movies. Yeah. What, look at why do you like them? Yeah, exactly. Or not like them. And with directing, it's another thing I know it's really hard because directing now you're depending on other people because more than likely you can't do it solo because you can't necessarily, unless you're doing like a vlog or something, you can't necessarily like right. film yourself. Like you at least need an actor and like maybe someone to do sound. I don't know. Like you need different people, but start even just with an iPhone, like just start trying to like direct things mm -hmm. together, get into an edit, get something together. I find the more limitations you have, the more creative you can be. So, you know, I would just say start. Start. Just start. Just start. But yeah. And then if you have already started, keep going. Yay. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It can be tough. Um, especially like when you're developing stuff and you're you're in the writing phase or whatever and you're just like, ah, do I keep going? What is this good enough? Uh, whatever you get in your head, blah, blah, blah. But just uh keep keep enjoying the process, keep going at it. Oh, this was a question that you did have actually, and I didn't um answer. What? Was if you are working on multiple things, deciding which one you like. Oh yeah, go which to. one you give priority to? Yeah, I mean, I would do the one that you're most passionate about at the time. Perfect. Because um, then you, you might get sick of it, and then your passion can switch towards something else. Then you move towards yeah. that. I mean, I would always try to like have something that's your priorities, just so that way you don't have like ten projects that are unfinished, because that very much can happen. But I would, you know, be like, okay, my number one priority is finishing my feature. But then I know I have my little shorts that I do and then like my other my TV pilot like in my back pocket that like if I just have a day where I'm like in my head and like feeling like in a writer's block, I can go ahead and do that and then make sure the next day I'm coming back to this other thing because normally that's what it is, is. You're just in like a writer's block or you're just like getting freaked out over a big pivotal scene or, or whatever, you know, and often putting it down and revisiting it and coming back to it with clearer eyes helps you you know, decipher it better. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's Bye. writing and directing. <laughs> Jessica, thank you so, so much. This is, I mean, this has been a very enlightening episode. It's cool just to see your journey and for me to know where you're going and just to be like, oh, wow, this is so great. I love Jessica. Um, <laughs> I love Monique. Yay. And Hannah. Um, yeah. And Hannah is with us in She's spirit. working hard. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just think writing and directing is like different. Like writing is creating the world on the page and then directing is making it creating the world visually and emotionally yeah and sound soundly and soundly <laughs> no but yeah it's it's crazy but you do like you know when you initially talked to me about like what drew you to cinema you're you're like it, it is the movie magic that that draws you to it i wasn't a reader that. i wasn't a reader as a kid Mm. I was literally, I would always just watch TV. <laughs> sound bad. I would always just watch TV and films. No, but I'd be like playing my Barbies and yeah, like have my TV in my on. room. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Just as a kid, you always, I it does love help your creativity for sure. <laughs> Hannah. 
parent trap. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Shout out Lindsay version. Lohan. <laughs> yeah. Who's pregnant now, by the way. Did you know that? Stop. Yeah. No, I didn't Yeah, she just that. announced that <gasps> not too long ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. Congrats, Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I want to be like her sister or something. You need to be your friend. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I don't know. Okay. Fine. Fine. I want to be her twin sister. Pick. I want to be like Annie and Hallie. You know, I had dogs called Annie and Hallie. Okay, we little. digress. <laughs> if we were to be related to anyone, it would be to the Olsen sisters. To oh, clarify. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've made it to the end of this episode, but don't click that button just yet. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode and all our other episodes. If you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast because it just helps out the algorithm. It helps us send it to more people. And the more people that listen, the more uh, feedback we get, and we're able to do more of these episodes for you. We also have a Patreon. Uh, please visit patreon.com slash oldgirlsentertainment for as little as $1 a month. You can sign up and get extra goodies, like extra mini podcast episodes and downloadable, you know, templates um, that you could use in your filmmaking life. Thanks so much. We love you. Now go get set.